Now we're going to read Romans together now. Um, So have a look in your Bibles. We're looking for Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Ruth. Uh, And uh, so glad uh, you could all join us here this morning. I'm so pleased to be able to be looking at uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus uh, from this uh, letter of Romans today and in coming weeks. Uh, And during the week, I sent out a a survey, a good news survey. uh, And I asked asked you all, there's about 100 of you replied, I asked you all to sort of determine certain things, were they good news or bad news? And so the first one was about a war veteran who turned 100 Uh, this week, just a couple of days ago, uh, from the UK. Uh, But 100 days ago, he started walking around his house using his walking frame, uh, and he got sponsorship uh, along the way, uh, and he has raised $56 million for coronavirus over the last 100 days. He received 150,000 letters uh, and he's, he's, um, he put out a single because uh, he's become so popular. Uh, and his single, um, You'll Never Walk Alone, uh, uh, hit the top of the British uh, pop charts. So, um, yeah, look, is that good news or bad news? Well, you thought pretty unanimously that that was good news. Uh, so there it is. The red wins out, the good news. Uh, What about this story? Uh, Members of the Lakes organised a surprise for David Studley. He turned 70 this week. So, Dave, happy birthday to you. Uh, And uh, the results to that, was it good news or bad news? As you can imagine, that was good news. So There was a little bit of a, you know, I don't know who that was that said that was bad news. Uh, But maybe, you know, they thought that we were risking social distancing, but there was no party on the street, let me assure you. Uh, I'm told everyone did the right thing, but happy birthday, Dave. Uh, There's a story of the teddy bears picnic. Uh, In the midst of social isolation, the teddy bears each week, uh, sorry, each day, have been playing a game on the driveway. Is that good news or bad news? Well, you thought it was good news, Uh, although there was a few that were worried about the social distancing thing going on again there, I'm sure. Uh, Prickles the sheep uh, from Tasmania returned home, uh, fled the bushfires in Tasmania in 2013, returned home this week, right? It's like seven years later, self-isolating sheep for seven years. And you thought, yeah, that's a good news story. Uh, Happy to tick that. What about this story? 
this week marks 250 years since Captain Cook first set foot on Australian land, since he first planted the British flag on Australian soil. Is that good news or bad news? Uh, now, when I asked you, you didn't have an opportunity to qualify. You had to pick one or the other. Almost three quarters of you said yes, that's good news. But more than a quarter of you said no, that's bad news. Uh, and you can kind of understand why, can't you? See, I love living in Australia. Uh, I am so glad that you know, my, uh, my forefathers uh, brought us here to this place. I love living here. Uh, but for those original Australians who were dispossessed of their land, who were so badly treated, you can completely understand why it was bad news for them. Uh, and that's the character of a lot of big good news. It might be good news for some, uh, but for others, there's always some bad news. Finally, this story. Bats are back on sale in Indonesia's wet markets less than $1 per kilo. Now, as I asked the question, almost everyone thought that was bad news. Have a look. Although, one person thought that was good news. After all, how often do you see bats on sale for less than $1 a kilo? I've never seen that myself. I know, but it's funny, isn't it? Um, often, the good news stories that we hear are nice, but they're not, they're not life-changing. You know, like Prickles the Sheep. That's a good story. It's the sort of story you hear at the end of a news bulletin. You know how you've heard a string of bad news stories and you're just feeling weighed down by all that's going on in our world. And then you go, oh, but Pickles the Sheep returned home after seven years. And you feel like, oh, that kind of lifts your spirits. Um, now, in the ancient Mediterranean world, the word gospel literally simply means good news. Um, uh, but it's not just your typical, you know, prickles a sheep or a teddy bear's picnic type good news. It was often about a king who had risen to power and the new era of humanity that had come about as a result. Now, I've got a, an example for you. Uh, this is a certain ruler's birthday was announced with these words. Listen to this. It is a day which we may justly count as equivalent to the beginning of everything. It has restored the shape of everything that was failing, given a new look to the universe, a saviour for us all. His birthday is the beginning for the world of good news. Hitherto, the reckoning of time shall begin with his birth. So that was a public declaration of an event a birthday that changed the world. So who was this message written about? So I gave you some options as part of this survey. Uh, you know, is it Alexander the Great, Julia, uh, sorry, Caesar Augustus, Jesus Christ, Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un, uh, or our own David Studley? Uh, now, what's the correct answer? Well, here's the results of the survey. This is what you thought. Uh, most of you thought that sounded like it belonged to Jesus. You know, the the dawn of a new era, a history will never be the same, a saviour has been born, it's good news. Um, some of you, 14% thought it was Caesar Augustus, and coming in third is our own Dave Studley. Uh, some of you thought, yes, 
That is the groundbreaking event that changes life forever. Now, the correct answer was Caesar Augustus. Uh, and it's quite an extraordinary declaration, isn't it? And this, this happened while he was alive. One of the provinces in Turkey, they sent out this gospel. Uh, see, the word gospel is included there. The gospel, the good news of Caesar Augustus's birth. He's our saviour. And now that he's ruling, life will never be the same again. Now, you can see how it's no wonder that when the, when the Bible writers, when the followers of Jesus wrote the stories about Jesus, it's no wonder they used this word gospel to capture the announcement of Jesus Christ, his coming to power, and, and the fact that he is our saviour and world history will never be the same again. And this book of Romans, this letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome, it's dominated by the gospel of Jesus. The word gospel comes up more time in this letter than any other part of the Bible. It's about the breaking news. Jesus is king and a new era has begun. And right up front, Paul makes clear that this is good news from God. Uh, this isn't any gospel that's sort of handed out there. Verse 1, Paul describes himself as a servant, an apostle, for the gospel of God. And what that means is, if you don't like it, then it's not Paul's fault uh, or it's not my fault. If you don't like the, this, this is what God believes is good news. And if you don't like it, you need to take it up with God because it's his gospel. Secondly, the good news is not new. Uh, it's kind of breaking news, but there's nothing new about it. Verse 2, the gospel God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. See, for at least 2,000 years, God had been promising to send a king, to bring in his kingdom, a new world order, to bring to an end sickness and death and injustice and all you know, the poverty of this world. 1,000 years before the coming of Jesus, God made this promise to King David. Uh, King David was one of the you know, great, 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 great grandfather of, of uh, Jesus. God promised, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I'll establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I'll establish his throne, the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. Notice a few things there. He would be descended from David. His kingdom would continue forever. And he would be called not only the descendant of David, but the son of God. Uh, and the good news, so the good news is not new. And the good news is all about Jesus, this descendant of David. Verse 3, the good news regarding his son, who as to his earthly nature or as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the, from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Which brings us to a fourth point. The good news is launched by the resurrection of Jesus. The good news is launched by the resurrection. He is appointed Son of God, 
decisively with power through the resurrection from the dead. Now, there is something unique about the gospel of Jesus. Throughout the history of the world, there have been no shortage of people willing to flatter the king, you know, willing to praise the king, to say, oh, he's the greatest. You know, life it would never be the same without him. But so often that flattery disappears as soon as a king dies. Uh, they very quickly change their allegiances. And the Greeks and the Romans actually came up with a word. They invented a word about this, and it's the word parasite. Now, the word parasite actually means to uh, sit at someone else's table uh, or to eat at another person's table. Uh, and they used it to describe those who would kind of suck up to the king, who would sort of uh, flatter the king, who would talk the king up uh, and enjoy the benefits of being one of the close people to the king. Uh, and you, you can see how the word works, can't you? Because then it's been borrowed into the English language and we use it to talk about ticks or leeches that sort of attach themselves to you. But what's the thing about a tick or a leech? They kind of suck the goodness out of you until you die and then they drop off. Uh, and that was the thing about these flatterers in the ancient world. Uh, they suck up to the king, but as soon as the king dies, they very quickly change allegiance. Not so with Jesus. Jesus is incredibly different. Because with Jesus, a lot of the scorn, a lot of the humiliation took place while he was alive. It was only after he died that people started worshipping him living their life for him, devoting themselves utterly to him. I'll show you on a timeline. So here it is. Jesus comes into this world of darkness and death. Uh, and he lives an extraordinary life full of goodness and love and wisdom. But Jesus was killed in the most public, humiliating, degrading, shameful way. And normally you'd think, well, that's it. It's all over. You know, he's buried and you think, well, any good news of Jesus is now done away with. But the thing about Jesus is God raised him from the dead. Uh, and with his resurrection, the kingdom of God had arrived. He ascends into heaven and the new age begins. And so the Bible writers talk about the age of the flesh, our world, and the age of the spirit, the new age of God's kingdom. And that new age was launched with the resurrection of Jesus, his declaration as the Son of God in power. And one day very soon, this King Jesus will come again. And on that day when he comes, he will be revealed to everyone. He will judge the world and all that will be left is God's eternal kingdom. Now that is a summary of God's good news. Uh, God thinks it's good news... But what does it mean for you? Is it good news from your perspective? And before we think too much about ourselves, I just want to touch on Paul and his role, his mission, the part he played in all of this. See, at first, Paul had hated Jesus Christ. Uh, he set himself to utterly oppose Christianity. You know how you talk about is a news article genuine or is it fake news? Paul had decided without a shadow of a doubt, he was convinced that 
the message of Jesus was fake. Uh, he set himself to destroy it. Uh, I asked some of our members, you know, fake and genuine news. I asked some of our members to make some decisions about a few articles that came out. So here's one. Hundreds of Muslims, sorry, hundreds of Hindus in India hold a cow urine drinking party to fight coronavirus. It sounds a bit gross and you think, gee, is that for real? Like, or did someone make that up? And the answer is yes, uh, that's real. So you picked it. It is true news. What about this one? Breathing in hot air from a hairdryer kills coronavirus. I was actually told this, uh, and a friend of mine you know, was, swe was swearing by it. How many believe that's true? Well, in fact, it is false, and most of you picked that. Uh, and the World Health Organization strongly advises against it because there are big side effects from shoving a hairdryer in your mouth. Uh, it's not something to be advised. Um, what about this one? Coronavirus was found in packages of toilet paper. Uh, now, so you, you so want this to be true. Sorry, uh, you, you kind of, you, you feel torn by this one, don't you? Because, uh, yes, it is fake, but it's funny because, you know, what was the first thing people did once they heard that there was a global pandemic? They went out and bought all the toilet paper they could find. How ironic would it be if coronavirus was, you know, passed via toilet paper. But no, uh, it's not the case. Now, if you ask Paul, is Jesus the long-awaited king, the one God had promised so long ago? His answer was a definite no. That's fake news. That's fake news that's not just funny. It's actually, it's it's the consequences are too big to allow that to spread. Um, he vehemently opposed it. But then something happened to completely change his mind. And what it was is he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Uh, and you can read about it in, in the book of Acts. Uh, I think it's chapter 9. And he repeats it a number of times. Just such a life-changing event. He met the risen Jesus and it turned his life around. And so look, how, how, look at how Paul describes himself now. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Literally, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Now, in the Roman Empire, when a king and his armies went out to conquer another region or fight against another people, if they came back victorious, they would have this triumphal procession, like a ticker tape parade. Uh, and all the captives who were now slaves of the king, they were led sort of in, a, in this humiliating, um, you know, in the train. In, 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 they were paraded behind the king. Now that is how Paul thought of himself, a captive of Jesus. He'd now become a slave of Jesus, but not not unwilling. He was a willing and eager captive. He'd actually bought into this good news of Jesus. He really thought it was good news and he was a very willing slave of the Lord Jesus. That's how he described himself, embracing this new era of joy, uh, a new era for humanity. Are you a servant of Jesus? Have you been captured or captivated by Jesus so that you want to live your life serving him.
Paul says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Now, the word apostle literally means someone who is sent. Like an ambassador, we talk about diplomats and ambassadors, uh, an official messenger sent by Jesus to proclaim the good news. The new kingdom has come. There's a new king over the whole world. And Paul was sent not just to his own people, the Jews. He was sent to all the nations. Verse 5, Paul says, Through Jesus we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles. Now the word Gentile just means nations. So Paul is sent by Jesus to, to the nations to call them to the obedience that comes from faith. Uh, Paul is Jesus' official ambassador uh, to the nations. Now, I just want you to consider um, Captain Cook for a moment. When Captain Cook arrived in Australia 250 years ago, he came as an official ambassador of the British Empire. He planted the British flag on Australian soil. This is now British territory, he was saying, claiming the land as part of the empire. Now, for the Aboriginal Australians to then oppose Captain Cook, well, they, were, they would have been opposing not just Captain Cook, but the empire that stood behind him, and ultimately the king of the British Empire. But you ask the question, well, what right did Captain Cook or the British Empire have to do that? The land was occupied. Who did the British think they were to come and claim this land as their own? No wonder so many question whether Captain Cook's arrival was good news. Now, you could ask the same about the Apostle Paul. What right, what right did he have to go throughout the ancient Mediterranean world, to, to go throughout the Roman Empire, declaring the gospel of Jesus? What right did he have to, to call people to surrender to King Jesus, to give their lives to him? And lots of people were deeply offended. Lots of people hated Paul, they abused him, they spat on him, they stoned him, they tried to, they, eventually they did kill him. But if God's gospel is true, if Jesus is God's king, if Jesus really has risen from the dead and he really will return to judge, then Jesus has every right, every right to call people to surrender to him to acknowledge his rule. To oppose Paul was ultimately to oppose God and his eternal king. And so you can see how important it is to work out, is the message of Jesus genuine or is it fake? Because if, if it's fake, you can understand why people would oppose or why people would at least ignore it. If it's fake news, who cares? It's just another story of fake news but if it's true then it is life-changing and it's not just life-changing for someone who's a flatterer uh, it's life-changing because a new world order has begun uh, and this king will come again 
and he will call all the nations to account. Now, we're running a course called Life in a, in a few days' time, just over a week's time. Uh, and we'd love to do it face-to-face, but we'll have to do it via the Zoom video link. We, th- we think we've got a really good way of doing it. So uh, you can join in a li- little discussion groups as well as be part of the, um, listen to the talks that I'll be giving. Uh, or you can even tune in in a semi-anonymous way where you, you know, sort of can just sort of listen in. Uh, at whatever level you want to tune into these, we'd love you to join us to actually investigate, is the message of Jesus genuine or is it fake? Because so much rides on that question. So if you go into our website and click on I'm new, fill out the form and you can just say, yeah, I'd like to investigate the life course uh, and we'll get you all the information. Now, I just want to point out a little irony and that is I've noticed a lot of Christians today, you know, people who say, I follow Jesus, I love God, but I don't like Paul. Uh, And I just want to flag to all of us that Paul is our apostle. And I know sometimes Paul says things that are countercultural in the era we live in. I know sometimes he says things that are kind of hard to understand. You've got to work hard at some of Paul's writings. So Romans, as Ruth suggested, we need to concentrate, to grapple uh, with what's being said. And there'll be confronting things. Paul will talk about gender and sexuality and sin and judgment uh, and will feel the countercultural edge to all of that. But I want to just point out, this man is Jesus' ambassador. He, he is the representative of King Jesus to the nations. And so what we need to do is soften our hearts to listen, to concentrate, to seek to understand and to seek to apply it to our lives. And so that brings me to the last point, and that is... Uh, What's our role and mission? In light of King Jesus and the gospel, Paul says we are called to the obedience of faith. It's there in verse 5, the obedience that comes from faith. See, the Christian life starts with faith. Uh, Faith is a recognition, firstly, that the good news of Jesus is true. And so this is why it's so important to wrestle with, is it genuine or fake? So firstly, it's recognizing that this message is true. But secondly, to say, yes, it's true. And I need to surrender to King Jesus. I need to trust him as my savior and now live for him as my king, Uh, which then flows on to a life of obedience. We're not saved because of obedience. We're saved by faith in Jesus. But having recognized Jesus as our king leads to a life of willing, eager surrender to King Jesus, to obey him. And as we put our faith in Jesus, look at verse 6. You also are among those Gentiles, the nations who are called to belong. We belong to Jesus and we're loved by God, called to be his holy people. Just uh, let me show you the diagram one more time. So Jesus comes, he dies. Uh, what, what the gospel is saying is not only does that happen to Jesus, but we are united to Jesus. His death becomes our death. He pays for our sin. Uh, we were kind of buried to our old lives with Jesus. When he rose again, we've been raised. And we now have entered the new age. 
Uh, we ascend with Jesus into God's kingdom, even now by faith. And so that means you and I, as we put our trust in Jesus, we're citizens of heaven. We're God's beloved children. And when that day Jesus comes again, we will appear with him in glory on that day. So what is your response to this gospel of Jesus? Do you believe it's true? Uh, first and critical thing to work out. You want to be convinced? Secondly, have you surrendered to King Jesus? And thirdly, are you giving your life in allegiance to him? Living for him, living out the obedience that comes from faith. Let me lead us in prayer. God, our Father, we want to thank you so much for King Jesus coming into our world, coming into our world of sickness and death and injustice and poverty, but coming to launch your kingdom as your long-awaited king. Father, thank you that he died for us. He paid the price for our sin. Thank you that he was raised and ascended and he now rules as your king. Father, some of us are wrestling with these things. Please reveal to us truth from error. And Father, many of us do believe. We believe Jesus is the king who died for us. Please stir in us a confidence in him. Please help us to live with Jesus as our king in willing, eager surrender. And please give us confidence as we call people from our region, from our family, to bow the knee and put their trust in Jesus as well. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.